Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 55 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it's uh, roasted to your specifications. Not only that, but they'll ship it to your house. I mean, it's it's unbeatable. In today's world, everything gets shipped to your house, and why not ship your coffee to your house, too? So just go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Click on the Our Coffee section, find a coffee you like, and they'll roast it for you and ship it to your house. You just have to make an order right there, and uh, all the directions are right there for you. They On the website, they even have tips on how to brew your coffee if you uh, are new to it or, or you want to get some tips on how to brew the best coffee you've ever had before. So go to www.couchtowncoffee.com, click on the Our Coffee section, find a coffee you like, and enter the code word BASE. Base code word base will save you 20% on your order. And the cool part about that is, uh, everybody likes to save money. And, uh, I've used it before. I've used it before to actually buy coffee and gift it out to other people. So it's kind of neat to, uh, even use your own code word in that thing. So big hats off to Couchtown Coffee for providing us with a code word this week to save 20%. The code word is base. Go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Uh, the code word's base this week. Uh, I just chose base because it is Greg Merritt, and Greg Merritt is the bassist in J. Clyde Band, but he also plays guitar in Riddled with Class. So he pulls double duty on two different instruments, and uh, he grew up being a drummer. So, I mean, you get, you get a little mix of everything in there, and uh, we talk a little bit about that in the podcast, how being that well-rounded and and what that does, and et cetera, et cetera. How he kind of started on the drums and worked his way to playing stringed instruments instead. And and uh, his relationship with his brother and how they've been in bands together. Uh, I did a, did a podcast with his brother uh, earlier. If you want to check that one out. Let me scroll back and see what episode that was. Because that was a while ago. Let me see. <laughs> uh, episode 35 with Jake Merritt was... Uh, was his brother but this one's about greg and and we talk like i said about him playing the drums growing up switching to bass guitar playing in jay clyde band uh getting the opportunity to play guitar and riddled with class he was even in a band before that with his brother on the drums and uh it's it's kind of crazy so me and greg actually sat down and got got together quite famously in this episode so i, I hope you guys enjoy it because i had a great time sitting down talking with greg Merritt, and uh just want to say hats off to greg for joining up with me on the podcast thanks man uh everybody enjoy the episode it's the audible farm podcast with your host peter stockdale Okay, I'm sitting down with uh, Greg Merritt this time, and I, I've sat down with your brother before, but I've, I, I've never really talked to you before. Yeah, it's weird, because like, I know a lot of people that you know, Yeah, and I know a lot of people that have done this podcast, but I've never actually... I think we met once at one of our shows Yeah, in like Lakeview or something like yep, that. Yeah, Lakeview. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not Lake City, No, nope. I, I said that on the podcast by mistake. <laughs> uh, it's Lakeview. But yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool show. It was one of those deals where I was just like... Heck, you know, it's they're down in Lakeview, and I hit up a buddy that lived in Manson at the time, and I was like, you want to just cruise down there? Let's go check it right out. On, like, yeah. So we, we cruised down there, and it was pretty funny, because like, we went to a jam night. It was it was Vince Beneshek, 
uh, I've done a couple interviews with him, but we had went to a jam night once, and Ronley was there. Okay. And uh, oh yeah, I remember him. I think I remember that. So I we, wasn't there, but I, I recall him going to that. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Bode. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was a pretty fun time, but uh, it was one of those deals where it's just like, dude, Ronley's so good. We got to go check him out with Jay Clyde Band. So we were like, let's go check out the Jay Clyde Band down there. And he shows up and he just gets his Snapchat out, and starts recording. He's just like, I know that guy. I play guitar with him. It's pretty cool, you know. So, so it was a, it was a fun time. We we had a blast. You know, it was totally worth just driving down to see you guys play. And, sure. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's fun. I love doing it. Um, like that's the bulk of our summer has been that, and we're kind of finally hitting the end of that right now with yep. Jay Clyde and. I'm ready for a little pause, but we got a lot of big stuff we're going to be working on for next year that we're kind of keeping in the dark for now. But Cool, cool. But there will be some announcements and whatnots going on later on, I think, this year. So Yeah, you guys were busy this summer. Yeah. Like, real busy. Yep. Did, I, did I even see J. Clyde beer yes. floating around? So, uh, Ron Grebner at River Hops here in Fort Dodge Yep. Um, has a little brewery, and it's actually awesome. And... Uh, Ron Lee, our guitar player, had been working with him a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, you know we had booked a show there, and I think they—I don't know how they got to get to do it, but Ron offered, Ron Grebner offered to print some labels to give us our own beer for that show that we were playing. Oh, that's and, cool. Um, it was like a limited run. I think there were like 120 cans of it, and yep. you know it was a three-hour show, I think, and they sold out in the first hour and 20 minutes or something yeah so beer a minute <laughs> yeah geez. 16 ounce cans oh man but that I, was really cool yeah that was awesome i even saw one of them that was might be the easter egg one it was upside down does, yep. does that ring yeah i think he did one where he put a label on upside down and if uh if you got it you got a free j clyde t-shirt out of the deal there were like three or four of them so. dude that's cool yeah, that was that's pretty really sweet. fun i guess i didn't know that that was yeah the, that was the deal with that yeah yeah it was cool I, and I'm hoping, I don't know, maybe we'll work on some other stuff with uh, Mr. Grebner later on here, too. That'd be kind of neat. That's really fun. That's a yep. fun thing for a band to do. Because, I mean, like, you can just have a band and sell t-shirts and do that whole thing. Sure. But, like, you kind of make it yep. extra fun. We always used to joke. and So, kind of the little side stories, you know, a lot of the guys in J. Clyde used to be in other groups together, too. Uh-huh. We always used to joke on, like odd marketing schemes on what we could do you know like okay fanny packs and like yeah you know yeah. like bleacher seats with our faces on them it's like really dumb stuff like that you know you never know what yeah, yeah. Sell, who wants toe socks with my head on it like yeah. <laughs> you know kiss did it and they make a crap load of money so yeah i mean you never do know exactly what you're gonna sell right. and like you know the stuff that you might like might not be something that somebody else would like but the sure abil- but the ability to like not only just like have a beer with your name on it, but then also throw a little Easter egg in yep, there. Yep. You know, we were joking around like if we ever get to do it again and we could actually make our own, you know, it's part of the brewing process. We we kind of joked that uh be a really weird beer if it was like four different kinds of whiskey in a 16-ounce can, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of Jay Clyde shirts, I'm a guy that I have dozens upon dozens upon dozens to say the bare minimum of sure. t- of concert t-shirts sure. and band t-shirts and i don't have a jay clyde band shirt i need to get me one so, sure so before you guys end up yeah we just got some more this summer so we'll have to uh set you one aside and yeah definitely make sure you get one yeah i mean 
When, when's your guys' next shows coming up, or are you guys done for the year? So tomorrow, we are playing at River Hops right. in Fort Dodge here. So tomorrow. Tomorrow is the 28th of yep. September. Yep, so this will come out Thursday. Sure, so, so a couple days ago. Yeah. And then I think we've got some things going on in November. Let me get out my handy-dandy calendar here real yeah, quick. Yeah, I always forget to get out my phone to like yep. look at that to make it easy. <laughs> and mine's... Nearing death because I've been playing Mario Kart all day. So that's the benefit of like I do have like that little mini home setup, but I always have a laptop there. Yep, and it yep. has everything sitting there. Yep. I've got the twenty eighth show on mine. Um, so on we've the- got October, do do do, November second. So you got one on November second. The next Jay Clyde gig, and then we've got. I think we've got some uh, like a New Year's Eve one, Dude, December fourteenth. Cool. Some of these might be some private parties, though. I don't. If you check out our Facebook page, we'll make sure we get that all up and going here in the next couple weeks. But yeah, um, the Facebook page just search for J Clyde yep, Band. J Clyde Band, three thousand plus followers, man. That's strong, right? Uh, well deserved, though. Too. I do have to say that, like, you guys are one of the most polished bands up in the Northern Iowa well, area. Well, thank you. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was you know something that i mean we've just been playing together long enough and you know we do practice but not as much as we'd like to yeah but it's because we're busy which is a good thing but like you know you play enough together for a long time it just kind of sort of works its way in there yeah you know which is cool because that's kind of how we got our sound with each other and uh-huh. you know we communicate with each other very well especially on stage but yeah i don't know like it's been i think this is year this might actually be year 10 Jeez. Of of some form of that band. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that just kind of you know, snuck up on me. The other crazy thing is, like, with as busy as you guys are, I mean, like, if you didn't have a show during the week, you would probably practice during the week. But since you have shows every single week, sure, it kind of replaces the practice yep. thing. Well, and it's kind of a little bit of both. Like, when we're real busy and we don't have a show a certain weekend, Sometimes we leave it off on purpose. That way we kind of can catch our breath. Yep. Because we all have day jobs too. It's yeah. not just <laughs> yeah. it's not just weekend warriors playing gigs. We all got uh, you know nine to fives, and in some cases six thirty a.m. to five thirty p.m. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> but it's 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 I don't know. It's awesome. Wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. You know. And I think yeah, I can speak exactly. for everybody in that regard. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's one thing that rings true across most of the musicians that kind of have stuck with it over the years, because you find the people that have been doing it 10, 15, sure. 20, 30, 40 years, and it's like, why you, why do you do this? And it's like, well, obviously they like it. Yep. Not, it's Almost none of them have done only music-related things for the entirety yeah, of their life. Yeah, for and their- it's cool, because like, for those of you who don't know, I work at Riemann Music here in Fort Dodge, and I get a lot of customers that come in that are you know middle-aged people that are wanting to pick up an instrument. Yep. And it's like, you're never too old to learn to love it, you know? Yeah, it's oh. just something that you can do, and it's there forever. And yeah, it's man. great. That, I think that's pretty that's sweet. 100% true. Yep. I uh, I teach guitar lessons. When there was a music shop in Humboldt, I taught guitar lessons there. And now that it's not there, I still teach, but there's I'm not, I don't have any advertising sure. or anything. So I do it on the side just here and there. But my best students have been older people that wanted to learn because yeah. they've got the moxie or yep. whatever it is. They, they really, really want it. Yep. And they take all that time to practice. As a matter of fact, like a 
like a 70 plus, maybe 80 year old lady was like my best student. Really? You know, she was, she, but she just, I mean, it's not like she had all the time in the world to yeah. practice, but she dedicated all sure. the time to actually practice. The time she did have. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, she she had to what? buy a new pick every single time she came in because her dog would eat her pick. Oh, no. So she'd be like, oh, I went without a pick for the last three days. My dog ate my homework. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, she like brought one in once. Yeah. It was all chewed up. Like, oh, this is what man. my picks look like. That's <laughs> what mine look like. I just throw them in my mouth and forget about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So you give lessons here then too? Yeah, we we uh, we have some lesson studios and we have some teachers. They're private lessons technically, mm -hmm. but you know we rent out our rooms to the teachers, and you know I give lessons here. Jake, my brother, gives lessons here. What kind of lessons do you give? I do bass just for right now. Mm -hmm. um, Jake does percussion. He's had guitar in the past. Um, we got quite a few people. Piano. We had voice at one point. The two uh, instrument repairmen here give. Uh, woodwind and brass instrument instrumental lessons and all that stuff they're cool they're very involved in the carl king municipal band nice and my dad that works here is part of that too he's a percussionist go figure yeah so music's <laughs> in the family music is most certainly in the family it was it wasn't that it wasn't an option but it was a uh preferred option for the children i guess yeah although my sister she did do band for a while and then she uh she got out but we always refer to her as the smart one <laughs> <laughs> She's a uh, radiology tech down in Ames. So oh, nice, cool. She's she's got a really good job. No, it's not like music's not a good job. Though, sure, either. sure. You know, yeah, uh, yep. you know, don't sell yourself short on right. that. Right. So, did you originally start playing the bass, or where did you start out at? I was a percussionist. Oh, no, yeah. Well, so makes sense. I was. Jake is. My dad is. His dad was, and then his dad was. Oh, wow. So it kind of was like, and you know, when I was getting into being able to do band in school mm -hmm. um we had the option you know my dad used to work at a music store we used to live in wichita kansas and he worked at a music store down there and i vividly remember being in fourth grade going and sitting in the back shop and him just handing me like a trumpet and trombone yeah but i was like it's gonna be percussion like yeah. that's what it's gonna be <laughs> so we we got that ball rolling but i didn't i didn't pick up a string instrument till i was 15 16 years old, oh, like wow. so between my sophomore and junior year in, in high school. So I got done with baseball season, and we had like two weeks before we went on vacation. And my mom had a an old, like, late 70s, early 80s Yamaha guitar with like three and a half inch action and 20 year old strings on it. <laughs> and I, dad bought me a book that had a, a CD in it. Yes, a CD. There was no online audio back then. And I sat down for two weeks and kind of taught myself the basics and just went from there i uh that was like i started when i was like 15 or so and that's oh shoot and that's how that all started out was uh you buy a book and the book's got a cd in it yep. you put the cd in and you just gotta match all the pitches yep. and stuff like my favorite part about that was when somebody was just in the book they say like if you want to tune to a piano you do it this way sure but what do you do when your piano's out of tune right yeah you know? so like <laughs> yeah. i'd always go to the piano and be like it's not yeah right and it's not not that it's not right it's not even close so right. i i was I always ran into these weird issues where before I actually like figured like, oh yeah, piano's out of tune, obviously. Yeah. Like it was just like something doesn't line up here, so Yeah, and uh Um Yeah. Oh, so like, you know, after after you get through the book though, that's when I, I discovered tablature, which kind of could have been a blessing and a burden all at once because like Yes. I always I always like to learn stuff like the the band way of doing it, like the yeah. note for note yeah, way notes reading on a music. Staff. Yeah, yep. stuff like that. But like you know, guitar's different. You read chords. You don't necessarily have to read notes on a staff unless you're 
you know, doing classical playing or, yep. you know, soloing. I mean, there's that's just certainly a way of doing it. I know if you go to college for it, you got to learn it that way. But, like, as far as, you know, what you and I do and what most people do, it's just yep. whatever the chord is. You just got to know what the chord is. Yeah. But tabs are a whole different ballgame because then you could learn all of your favorite songs. Yeah. It's super easy to read. You get to learn all the best main riffs yep. to every song that you like. and It was... Blink 182's "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." The whole album was yeah. like the first thing I actually was like, "All right, I think I can do this." That's that's awesome. <laughs> yep. You know, the more I play Blink, the more I realize that the drumming's the hard part. Oh, absolutely. So, and like, when I was learning how to do that, Jake was like obsessed with Travis Barker. Cool. So he, it it, it always fluctuated between for him that I remember. Travis Barker and Joey Jordison from Slipknot. Yeah. So, like, one day, I'd, we used to practice in our basement at home. Mm -hmm. Just me and him, we'd just get together and jam. One day, I'd walk down, and it'd be, like, the Travis Barker setup, you know, really kind of tight, small kit with flat drums and big cymbals. And then, yep. like, two days later, I'd walk down, and it'd be, like, a monstrosity of a drum set, like <laughs> Joey had his setup. <laughs> Boy, that kid nailed it, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's wild. You, you know, know, he was uh, probably, I think he was in seventh or eighth grade. When he and I had our first band together. Yeah. And uh, we did some Blink-182 stuff back then. That's really sweet. Yeah. So he was like in like seventh-ish grade. What grade would you have been in then? Sophomore and junior. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. We had one year of high school together. We played at my prom. <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> I We played at a pre-prom. Did uh, you? One of my first band. The very first show I ever played was a pre-prom for yeah. something. Uh, somebody took video with like one of those big old recorders with a vhs disc in it right you know or vhs yep. cassette yeah the thing was monstrous so they like here's the vhs you know and sweet i'll take this home and watch it so you go to and watch it and the audio is not the greatest because we're all using like marshall frontman amps yep, yep. you know and there's like i got this little 15 watt amp <laughs> that's, that's not mic'd up and yep and nobody can really hear anything that's going but all you can really hear is like this singing and everybody yeah laughing at us because yep. it was not, you know, it's not like it's bad, but it's just, look at these, you're in high school and everyone's like, look at these morons up there just I know. trying to, trying to well, make we had, fun. You know? See, when we did prom, we had, I had the exact same kind of setup. It was like, <laughs> it's this little PV Raptor. Yep. You know, it was their beginner pack that I made my own and it had the little Raptor 10, little 10 watt, 15 watt amp that yep. had a clean channel and a dirty channel. And we played The Reason by Hoobastank <laughs> in front of a gym load of kids in tuxedos. It was like, yeah. if this isn't awkward, I don't know what is. But yeah, man, I, mean, I tell you what, that'll get rid of stage fright in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like what I kept thinking was like, nothing. I don't know. We played Swing Swing by the All American nice. Rejects. So you, nice. pick, you pick songs that <laughs> yep. are just like, I heard this on VH1, you know, right. top 10 countdown 400 times or whatever. Yep. So let's play this or whatever. But like, you go through like weird situations like that, and it's like, well, I'm never going to be nervous to play anything ever again because I don't think anything can get more awkward yeah. and weird than this can. So. And then we, you know, we we pulled out Chop Suey, but no one really knew the words completely to it, so we just played the instrumental, and that was uncomfortable. Well, I think every band goes through like some of that yeah. stuff. Yep. But how do you know? I mean, that's you get it all out right away, and then you know what to do after that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I mean, like. If you watch us, I mean, not that you like have to do like a bunch of moving around on stage, but if you watch like somewhere out there, there's still a video of this. I should put it on YouTube just so everyone can laugh at us again. But like, uh, if you watch this video, like nobody moves until like the very end of the song when everyone's finally like, all right, the end is near. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. It's like, <laughs> we made it. <laughs> yep. Like, other than that, nobody moves even like a tiny bit when right. we're playing. We're, we're on like a giant auditorium stage, oh, like man. 15 feet apart from each other. Yep. <laughs> It was just all awkward. Oh, that's funny. Uh, you know, like you got the school's drum set set up there. Yep. 
school's bass amp. Everything's just small and really far apart. This it was weird just weird PA where it's two floor monitors on music st- on stands. Like, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> weird. The school's PA, quote unquote. They actually, I, th- I think after we left, they redid the PA and stuff like that there. I've, I've heard they've done a lot of improvements. Sure. Um, like going through the music program at your school, I'm assuming that you did drums, you know, obviously. Yep. yep. Um, I did drums and jazz band. And then, like, I think my senior year. This actually would have been Jake's freshman year. He was in jazz band playing drums. I did some guitar stuff. Cool. By no means could I play jazz guitar, but it was like yeah. fake the chords and make some noise. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, filling in spots. I always thought it was crazy to sit and watch, a, even in high school, like the jazz bassists. Oh, just yeah. Just doing like the simplest walking yep. stuff to them. But like, and I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that's simple, but they would, they'd be doing what we were talking about, reading notes yeah. and walking through notes. On the with, fly. Well, have you ever seen a bass chart for jazz band, like a, an actual sheet of music? Uh. So sometimes the notes are written in, but I'd say probably the majority of the time, if there's a specific riff, that'll be written in. The rest is just guitar chords. Oh, so you got slashes, so it's a lead sheet. Yeah, almost. so you pretty much just hit this note here. Yep. Walk your way yep. to there. So you got to know, you got to know your scales. You got to know modes. You got to know, you know. There's there are. I don't want to say prefab bass lines, but you know, there's a good idea of what you can and can't do. Yeah. You know, it's understanding theory a lot, which a lot of people don't realize goes into playing a bass. Sometimes. Yeah. You got to understand more than just you know what to play when and where it's like you got to know why you're doing it too yeah exactly so like uh it comes up every now and then in the podcast i want to say like episode three maybe with ben christopher we talked about it how like acdc's bassist was known for playing like a third to round out a chord sure, sometimes and sure. not just playing yep and something just as simple as that where yeah you just don't know it's there and you're or like one thing i like to do and it's it's weird but it's to my ears it sounds kind of cool is kind of a counter melody like when the guitar chord's going down Mm -hmm. to a note i will go up instead but make sure it's within the same chord of it so it kind of gives a little there's a little tension but it's not like noticeable it's just like oh there's something a little bit different there yeah more than anything is to keep things interesting for me rather than just playing the same thing again and again and again but i don't know i always think that's kind of neat yeah, we mentioned it in the in the, actually the last podcast that aired uh, with Nick Rosendahl, where like playing the bass is not hard, but playing the bass well is difficult. Yeah. So like, guitarist by heart, that's me. Sure. I'm like it's like it's what I focus on. But like I can play a bass, but if you want me to play a bass well, yeah, in the band, it's, and, it's you know it's a totally different beast. And that's I didn't even want to play bass when <laughs> it was it was kind of in the infancy of Jay Clyde. It might have even been right before that. I think Ron Lee may have he may have talked about it when he was on the podcast about. We were in a band called Pearl right before Jake Clyde started. And uh, Jake was going to play drums. Ron Lee's playing guitar, and they needed a bass player. Well, I had been playing guitar, and I was like, oh, sure, I'll play bass. And, like, it was just, you know, I took it. I still don't really consider myself a bass player. Yeah. I consider myself a guitar. It, it sounds bad, but I, I take a very guitar-playing approach to playing bass. Yeah. You know? And then in the years since I started doing that, I've actually learned proper ways of doing things on a bass method wise yep. and it's relearning all over again which i'm so glad i did but like um i kind of lost my train of thought uh da, 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 da. okay so let me ask you this though like breaking yourselves of some of those like when you first learn guitar everybody learns bad habits and then breaking yourself of bad habits is always difficult so mm-hmm. like i'm sure that learning guitar finding good habits and then trying to transfer those to a bass which they don't always transfer sure. like, how do you break yourself of those 
guitar player habits when is it just like the same kind of mindset where you're just like honestly with bass it's staying simple when you need to stay simple it's understanding what's appropriate to play when because like you know a guitar is there to kind of be in front of everything a bass bass and drums are the heartbeat it's the it's the core of it and guitar is there to embellish everything around it and guitar players i'm not saying guitar players aren't important yeah but like a drummer is very important and they're the only ones bass players very important they're the only ones guitar players get to take what the core of it is and expand upon it and make it more interesting yeah so switching from guitar and then learning to play bass i had to not overdo it if that makes sense yeah you know makes a little bit of sense yeah rather than playing a full chord on a bass you can break down and make your own bass line based off of what that chord would have been yep you know you don't have to go to town all the time yeah and when you when you when it's appropriate you can that's the cool part about it but which that's what i was going to get to is i wouldn't trade playing bass for the world after that you know yeah i feel like it gets kind of a bad rap but people are like oh Nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to be a guitar player. Mm-hmm. It's true, but like... And then people say things like, oh, if you're not playing like Les Claypool, right, you, right. you yeah. must suck, you know? You, you know, listen to any song with a simple band. I don't want to say simple, but like a band that's not super hard to play. Take the bass away from it and see how it sounds, you know? It's yeah. I, uh, a little less full and a little... You'll notice. <laughs> I, I, not too long ago, actually played a show with Unity and our bassist couldn't make it, so we ended up with a situation where... Uh, we're not going to back out of this show because it was too close to... Mm-hmm. Uh, we had booked it and everything. and It's just like, all right, we're going to p- play this show anyway. So we show up, we play the show, and, and somebody off stage just like, man, you guys sounded great, but you could have sounded a lot more full. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, I'm fairly certain this person was a novice because it was like, yeah, we didn't have a basis. And they're like, I didn't even notice. And it's like, well, you did because yeah, you, yeah. you noticed that there was a giant it hunk of sonic full, range yeah, missing. Something was gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a that's a kind of a crazy thing to think of though. Like I, I mean, it totally makes sense that like if you take something out of that, like it's it's almost like the thing that makes the drums relate to a guitar more. It's like the bridge in between guitar and drum. Yep. Yeah. Like, exactly. It, there's tonal ranges for everything. Yep. You know. There's low ends. You know, and that's why in certain old school country music and even even some modern country music and Foo Fighters have one not country music but they have baritone guitars in there uh-huh. so you know you got your your normal guitars that are covering the high range of stuff yep you've got your bass guitar that's covering the low you've got your drums that's covering the beat for the low end mm-hmm. and then there's sometimes a gap in the middle and they fill it in with a baritone guitar which yep. is it's meant to bridge that gap but yeah you're right like bass bridges gap between drums and guitar mm-hmm. I mean even your vocals can bridge gaps too yeah if you do a lot of harmonies and stuff like that so do you think it's a? So you started playing started playing bass guitar um, with your brother on drums. Do you think that was something that helped make everything a little bit more comfortable? Because you already knew what kind of the rhythmic patterns yeah. you were going to be try to be achieving. Well, and you know we were. I don't think I've ever been in a band without my brother. Okay. So, and when we were growing up, we'd always just jam together. So we understood each other very well. Yeah. Like we had. We're on the same wavelength. Plus, we have the same sense of humor. You know, yeah. We're not the same person by any means, but we very much understand where each other's coming from all the time. We're brothers. That's how it works. I don't want to interject too much, but I did see on Facebook like you guys do have a pretty decent positive banter going back and forth, like on everything. It's like if you make a jokey thing, he comments with a jokey (laughs) thing. Exactly. And I noticed that, and it's pretty. It's pretty fun. You know, yes. You know, we ride together to work every morning. It's the same way. You know. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you guys are definitely on the same. Yeah, wavelength. yeah, exactly. So it's you know it's one of those deals where it's like it's really an un- I don't have to even say anything or acknowledge anything. Like if we're doing something funky in a song, all I have to do anymore is just turn around and kind of look at each other, and we exactly usually know exactly what we're gonna be doing yeah. from there on. You know, we can kind of feel it. And, you know, Jake's a lot more experienced in the jazz side of things than I am as far as like the instruments we play now. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, he that helps even more because there's a lot more nodding and unexpected changes in jazz music than there is in anything else, yep. you know? That's something else if you watch like old jazz videos because I've recently been just been hunting them down and watching them because they're just crazy because it's just old dudes with big guts playing guitars <laughs> and they're just killing it. Right. And all they're doing is like they just like look at the other guy and they like squint a little bit and then they like nod and yep. all of a sudden the next guy is soloing yep. and he's playing rhythm. It's like how do you guys just you just make an eye contact and like yep, yep. and the unspoken words right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's wild that. I, Everybody will definitely get that tight with any band that you spend enough sure. time with. Yeah, um, 100%. I'm sure there's some weirdly special relationship between bassists and drummers that sure. that exists that probably guitarists and drummers don't have as much of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all a matter of the role of the band, you know, and mm-hmm. how you see yourself and how you see each other. Yep. And acknowledging, I mean, we're all that way now, though. We can all look at each other and just be like, this is what we're going to do here. Yep. So, yeah. That I, it makes it cool when we're you know, kind of writing stuff or learning new stuff. It's like, we're kind of all on the same page now as to like how we want, cause <laughs> I'm going to, I'm in a little moment of honesty right now. When we first started J Clyde, it kind of started in a heartbeat. Like yep. we had to learn like 36 songs in like two <laughs> weeks. Yep. And, uh, it was a lot of songs in a genre I don't really listen to. Okay. And neither did Jake. And, uh, so we just kind of like, did it our own way. Yep. And there were still songs like two years into it that we played that I had never heard before. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this here and this yeah. here. But that's kind of, I, I think I like that because it kind of makes it us. You yes. Know? It's, you know, being in a cover band is being in a cover band. People can knock on it all they want, but like we play songs people want to hear and we play songs we want to hear because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And we write our own stuff too, but it's like we do it our way and that yeah. kind of prepped us for writing our own stuff our way. Yep. So it's kind of a seamless transition between originals and and uh, covers that really aren't exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I totally get what you're saying because it's kind of like one of those deals where... I don't know, like, um, let's just say everybody knocks on fast food, but everybody wants to go eat fast food, right, you know? Right. And it's like, yeah. right, it's come there. on, you know? Yeah. And if you're not eating fast food, you're making something like it at home. Yep. So Plus, um, if you're, if you know, part of this is income for us, too, honestly. Yeah. And have fun trying to just play four hours. First off, have fun writing four hours worth of originals. Yeah. And then trying to get paid halfway decent for it. It sucks it's, that it's that it's, way. It's it really difficult. does. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's one of those deals where it's there to supplement and then... I think our kind of business model, or at least in my brain, is if you slowly work in originals with it, and if people see enough, then you can slowly work in more originals and slowly work in more. Yep. You know, it's the balance. Yep, exactly. And, and, you know, that's one of those things where I feel like the best cover bands that do originals know how to do it well. I mean, it's not like saying that all cover bands don't do originals, because most of them usually have one, or they'll, like, try to fold one in or something. Sure, sure. But... Like, you guys have been able to pull it off well. Like, Chris Carban yeah, is another one. definitely. Like, well, you guys have the ability to, like, if a layman walked up and didn't know, you know, whatever songs you were playing, they'd just be like, holy shit, like, this song was good, this song was good, this, and they wouldn't know yeah. from a blind lineup yep. which one unless was written you told by them. them. Yeah, unless you tell them, like, we wrote yeah. that one, then they'll be like, oh. And then, like, if you do tell them nine times out of ten, it's like, 
holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that lends itself maybe even a little bit to the fact that like, since you guys are playing songs you like and it's music you like to play and you're doing it the way you want to do it, the fact that you're writing your own music can fold in there somewhere kind yeah. of makes a lot of sense then. You yep. Know? Yep. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard writing music. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, and you had Nick asked me last week if I write music and I was like, yeah, but it sucks. You know, yeah, like, it's time consuming and you're always your hardest critic. And like, especially like we try and be very perfectionist if we can yes you know we understand there's flaws but it's like like i said you're your own worst critic yes and nothing is ever going to be perfect with that attitude like with you know having the perfectionist attitude nothing will ever be perfect yeah it's just understanding that sometimes it's letting it be for a long time like Mm -hmm. walking away and then coming back and i don't know it it's it's trying but it's worth it in the end yeah 100 percent like you know, we did we did the EP been a year and a half now. And like it was stressful getting to that point. It was a little bit stressful in the recording process because we didn't do it all at once. It was like over three months. Oh wow. And it was when we could. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were ever all there at the same time doing it. Yep. Um I think I got all my stuff done in a weekend. Like yeah. I just went and stayed our, our other guitar player, Neil, is the one that recorded it. Yep. He's got a really nice little studio in his house, and it was like, I just went and stayed at his house for three days, two nights, and mm-hmm. knocked it out. But, That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we we knew we were going to have to do it that way, because we gave ourselves a deadline on when we wanted to get it out. Uh-huh. So we we had it pretty well prepared going into it, at yeah. least. You know, we met here a couple times, actually, in the basement and worked on some stuff, and then just tested it out went to Ronley's dad's farm place. He's got a heated shed. And so we were there in the cool. winter time being really loud. <laughs> yeah. It's always nice to have a place to go in the winter time. Yeah. To be loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. But I mean, it was just, it was a lot of work and I mean, we did it and that's something I didn't know if we would ever do. Cause you know, that was seven and a half, eight years into being in this band and it was getting yeah. to a point. I think we needed <clears throat> to do it because it was getting kind of stale. Yeah, I've actually listened to that. It's on uh, almost every streaming service you can find yep. uh, anywhere, and yep. it's, it's damn good. And dude. we do have it's, hard copies too. Dude, oh, people really? Still have CD players? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Like, where does the CD players are all going everywhere? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> With uh, the VCRs, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like the other thing I was thinking was like, you guys have. Um, a really good job, uh, done a really good job on your YouTube page of putting very, very good video. Yeah. Like ludicrously high quality video and sound on so there. So that was uh, that was last New Year's Eve in Manson at Shoreside. Um, that's kind of our going home place to play. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always welcome there. I, I went to high school with the guy that owns the place, Jesse Grossnickel. Oh, cool. So cool. we kind of had an in and, you know, it's fun to pack the place out. And uh, the guy that did all the filming and all the audio and all of that stuff used to play in a band with me and Jake and Corey. We're oh, in cool. a metal band called Hour of Reckoning. Nice. And he has a he's actually from Des Moines area. Zach Van Dorn's his name. Very okay. good guitar player too. Um uh he had a cousin that lived in Manson. So okay. he would come up and visit and we got to know him pretty well and uh he's a shredder and you want to talk about a weird time is when we were doing Hour of Reckoning and Jake Light at the same time. Oh, yeah. Hour of Reckoning was like a heavy, heavy, heavy metal band. It yep. wasn't like... It's not uh, one chord with an awesome rhythm. No, it's it's 
pretty technical shreddy stuff and like i was i was screaming like that was that's what i did do you have any uh <laughs> any of it recorded anywhere online or there's anything? some pretty crappy like cell phone videos that are we have a facebook page still i don't know if it's ever Dude, been I'll, I'll visited have, it hasn't been active out. in like 10 years but it was a good time it was a lot of fun it gave me a chance to go vent sometimes when i needed to vent nice <laughs> yeah. yeah we got to do some really cool stuff but like uh, that's how we met Zach. So he's been in the last few years getting into the audio video stuff, yeah. really hardcore. And uh, I think he's actually playing guitar with Cody Hicks too, right now. I don't know if I know who that is. He's country guy down in Des Moines area. Okay. But uh, anyway, um, we got a hold of him and we're like, we just want to do some really high quality videos and like live videos. So we did every single one of the originals that we've written so far. We picked out a little set time in in uh, the New Year's Eve show and just did them all in a row. Nice. And it was awesome because, like, we did a little dry run the night before just to get everything set up. And um, so we've I think we've released two or three of those that are completely produced. But he did the video, got it all mixed, sent it up to Neil. Neil mixed all the audio, and it's kind of been a back and forth. And then we've slowly been releasing them. But <laughs> I had the... I had strep throat that night, so that was fun. Oh wow! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I looked like I was the guy on stage. I looked like he was about to pass out at any time because Jeez. I was. <laughs> but it worked out, man. It it was so much fun, and like we actually had to cram and prepare for that too, because like some of those songs we hadn't played since we finished recording. Okay, because yep. we don't play all of them live, and it yep. was just like, what did I do here? <laughs> <laughs> How did I do that? Okay, I got it. <laughs> Yeah, those videos turned out great, man. Yeah, uh, I was I was way happy with that. Yeah, I highly suggest anybody uh, you know go to YouTube, look up J. Clyde yep. Band on YouTube, find them videos. And I think he helped uh, Lone Tree, uh, Lone Tree Revival with that, uh, like Jeremy Ober, Sean Minicus Band. Yep. Um, they did one up in Humboldt. Yeah. Rustics maybe. Yeah, and that I sounds. I think he's the one that came up and did that video too. Yeah, I I was in that. You know, that's where. I usually hang my hat at, but I was at a show that night, sure. unfortunately. I couldn't go to that. That's still one band that's eluded me. I've heard them from afar <laughs> yeah. one time, and yeah. that was the closest I got. And uh, I, I, that's like one of the bands that I'm going to make it a point to it's, absolutely go see. It's awesome. It's, it's got to be really something cool, special, It's a cool man. experience. It definitely is. Because it's, it's not like anything else that's going yeah, on. Yeah, and it's and they're all guys that have... like had reputations of being great musicians doing other things and it's like it's like a super group it is <laughs> it know? really is man <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's just really cool yeah those what they're doing those guys are awesome so you you don't just and talking about hanging our hats you don't just hang your hat on the jay clyde band no these days. I, I uh jake and i both play in riddled with class too, yeah with yeah. Uh, nick and levi yep and that was that kind of came about in a in a weird way but i'm glad it did um so we kind of took a break from Jay Clyde. Oh, it would have been two summers ago now, I think. All right. You know, we kind of just wanted to give ourselves some time to breathe and mm -hmm. reflect on why we were doing it. Yeah. You know, and Corey went and started playing with Salty Views, and Ron was doing his thing. Neil always does his own thing. He's got a solo show that's yeah. incredible if you can catch it. Yeah, I meant to make it up to one here, and he played up near Humboldt yep. a couple weeks yeah, back, yep, and I yep. missed that one, too. He's always playing, too. So Always. <laughs> yeah. He's very busy. Yeah, But we were uh, kind of just, Jake and I were just kind of free agents for a little bit there. Yep. And uh, Nick, Nick kind of came in and talked to Jake about playing drums for Riddled, and... Uh, I hadn't even thought of it. You know, I was like, 
I think I was going somewhere when they had their first show, so they played it as a three-piece. And uh, Jake was like, well, my brother plays guitar. And Nick's like, well, isn't he a bass player? <laughs> and Jake's like, well, he plays guitar. And he's like, you want to come practice with us sometime? Because they were practicing for a show for, I think it was in Albert City, maybe. So the night before that show, I went and jammed in Rockwell City with them. And, you know, a lot of the songs we were doing was stuff like I grew up on that I, like, already knew some of the guitar parts, yeah. too, because I loved it when I was in high school. Yep. So I, I played, and I hadn't played guitar for, like, like that other than just noodling around for probably 10 years oh wow so it was like okay how does an amp work again yeah how do these pedals work (laughs) gotta dial everything yeah yeah i gotta play more than one or two strings at a time yeah so we just went and jammed with them and like nick's like you you want to come play tomorrow night and i was like sure so i just hopped in the van with them the next day and then it's kind of snowballed from there that's crazy (laughs) but it's been so much fun like it's kind of something I was missing, you know. I needed a reason to play guitar again because that's what I started on. Yeah. But, like, it's just been so much fun, and they're incredibly awesome guys. Like, yeah. never I, – I sort of knew Levi or knew of Levi before that band because we had some mutual friends. Yep. And uh, I never really knew Nick at all. And then, like, we all just clicked right away. And I, I consider them, just in the two years I've known them, probably some of my best friends I've ever met. Actually, they were both ushers in my wedding this summer, so I was like, sweet. <laughs> Dude, yeah, they're all they're all really great guys. Um, I mean, it's one of those deals where I've known Nick like almost my whole life, right? Yeah, but like meeting all of you guys, it's just like yeah, everybody here is pretty chill, they're right? Really, pretty awesome people, you know. Uh, I think that's part of it is like we just don't, you know, don't really let anything get under our skin too yeah, much. And every single one of you is very easy to get along sure, with. Yep, you know, it's too it's too stressful being stressed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> But but like you said though about uh, riddled with class that like one of the benefits I think of that band was the fact that like everything I listened to um, from like sixth grade up through high school is like what you guys yeah, play. Yeah, I mean there's some stuff earlier than that sure. too, and some stuff later than that. You know, like you guys will throw in the occasional cover of a new song or whatever. Yep. you know, I I would say nothing is off limits in that band. Yeah, everything's fair game, and if it's something that's not our style, we'll kind of you make it your yeah, style. We'll tweak it. It's I've heard so you it do is. it. Yep, I've, I've heard you do it. Um, Let's see here. I can't come off the top of my head and name it, but there's been a couple like pop songs that you guys oh, have yeah, covered. Oh, yeah, we did Royals, my that, lord. Yep, there you go. Um, we do a bastardized version of Folsom Prison Blues. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we do just stuff here and there. Uh, and we'll do, you know, some of it comes from inspirations of other people that have done covers of, you know, yep. a, a song like that. Uh, like, you know, there's some Seether songs that are covers of other songs, so we'll do a cover of that, but yep. you know, tweak it to it's our own again. But yep. it's just, it's so much fun, man. Like, I love doing it. It's its not its not so much work going and doing that. I mean, it's work, you know, lately we're trying to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm singing a little bit more, which is kind of terrifying because I haven't done that in a long time either and really bad at memorizing lyrics so <laughs> i'm i'm not the greatest either i'm i'm known for going to a jam night and then like getting the first verse out and then it's just like uh-huh just keep soloing dude yep. just keep soloing take another one yep another going, round going around again i don't really like, care I'm, what i'm saying anyway and, and i'm just like <laughs> okay okay then it's uh you know you're like sitting here trying to word it all out while while you're letting ober solo at right. the other end yep. of the stage at a jam night at patty's well, yeah hey man this first verse was good enough i'm gonna do it twice yeah <laughs> i've done that too yeah. uh uh the very famous lagrange do the first verse yep, twice yep. It's, it's like wait <laughs> this doesn't make any sense why is this guy like thinking about going to lagrange so Isn't much there, you know i think there's a boston song where there's three verses in the song 
and it's they're all the same. I can't remember what song it is. It's one they they play it on the radio all the time, but it's like the song is one verse and a chorus, but there's they do it three times and like solo and that's it. <laughs> yeah, Boston was another one of those bands that's just like what part of this song is the hook other yeah. than the whole the, the whole, whole song? song is the hook. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, those guys in Def Leppard for like yep. for like two albums Def, Def Leppard was... is a 20-year hook. Like yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> They've been uh, a hook since the 80s, you know. <laughs> so that's pretty wild. Let me ask you this. If you had to choose like if I was just like, "All right, I want to make a brand new band and you're in it, what do you want to play?" What are you going to choose? Me? Yep. I've always had grandiose ideas of doing my own thing. Yep. Um, okay, let's say you start your own band. You're going to head it up. What are you going to play? I'd probably be playing guitar. Yeah? And singing. Yep. And I would... Uh, honestly, I'd probably ask my brother to play guitar. Cause oh, he's wow. Because always wanted to play guitar in a band, and he's actually a very, very good guitar player. Yeah. But he's just too good of a drummer not to be playing drums. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he's kind of those one and however many that you don't find that often, and it's like... Dude, drum, Dude, try drum. sucking more at drums, and you can go play some guitar. Yeah, like. <laughs> drummer, good drummers are in high demand. Yeah, there's a reason that good drummers are in multiple bands. Yep, and he's a jack of all trades, a Jake of all trades. <laughs> you'll allow me to pun for a while, but yeah, I mean, it's it would it would definitely be that because I don't know. It's just like you, we were talking about earlier. We both think a lot the same way, and we have very similar tastes in music. And I, I can trust what he does was something I might write or be like, hey, man, let's try this here. And what do you think about doing this here? And I don't know. I would assume that primarily learning. Um, so here's one of the I'm, I don't really have any quorums with this. I'm not going to pick anybody out and poke fun at anybody. But like playing guitar and playing just chords with no accentuation on any notes mm-hmm. and just going through a whole song. Everything's cranked up to 10. There's yep. no palm muting. There's no. Like, it does kind of wear on me a little bit. Sure. Um, Do you think that playing, and it was something that I was very keen on learning when I was growing up, but do you think that playing the drums kind of lent itself, or even playing bass has lent itself to you, like learning how to accentuate different rhythms while you maybe try to play the guitar? Rhythmically, for sure, drumming helped. Yes. Rhythmically, hand-eye coordination, a ton. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not just pounding a chord and accenting the two and the four when you're pounding it or the end of every beat. Yep. It's understanding time signatures and what will work where, what won't work where, and how to use that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. How to use that properly. I mean, I think that that foundation helped a lot with playing guitar and just understanding rhythms and downstrokes, upstrokes, you know, doing two completely different things with two hands. Yep. And then I still have to tap my foot all the time. If you ever come watch Riddled play, I'll be tapping my foot sometimes subdividing so it looks like I'm running in place. <laughs> but like that's that's how I do it, you know? It keeps me grounded, literally. <laughs> yeah, dude. I and I like I've okay, I played the trumpet in school growing up and I've found that like this is gonna sound so weird, but I found that like some of my trumpet playing has bled into my guitar solo style even though they're two completely different things totally i, I read trumpet off of a uh, sheet music and i never strayed too much farther mm-hmm. than that but i borrowed all these like weird staccato-y patterns and things like that yep. and i put somehow just decided to put them into the, my bluesy kind of style yeah. of guitar playing and i it just makes me wonder like i really would have loved to play the drums growing up un- sure. unfortunately but like it's just I didn't, and, well, and I'm always kind of like jealous maybe of you guys, because I feel like you got a head start on this, even though you didn't play any notes. Every instrumentalist goes through learning rhythms, and learning the same rhythms, 
It's just as a percussionist, the first thing you do, that's what you start with. Yeah, it's just... not learning notes. I mean, the mallet side of it, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, of all of the things, of any instrument that would help with any of that, it's still piano. Yeah. Because you've got everything laid out in front of you, and it's it's understanding how to transition and adapt it to whatever instrument you're going to be playing next. Yep. And um, But, like, yeah, rhythmically, I'd even say it, it helped with my bass style, you know? Yeah. It kind of... Um, you know, a lot of the songs that we play in J. Clyde on the recordings, it's very simple, playing on the beat, mm-hmm. playing eighth notes, whatever. And the way I kind of developed my style, like back to not having heard the original songs, I mm-hmm. took some of those rhythms, those kind of off-kilter rhythms yep. that you learn in percussion and just kind of applied it to that. And it, <clears throat> there again, it was just to appease myself and make it more interesting for me yeah. than anything. But, you know... And that's where I've I've figured out there's a fine line to know how much to do, you know, not overdoing. Uh, yeah, it. you can have too much sauce on yep. on that biscuit exactly. or whatever. Yep. I don't know, you know. Same same with jazz drumming, you know. To be yeah. a jazz drummer, you can be nine times out of ten, a jazz drummer is going to be the best drummer you'll ever hear in your life. Yeah, because they can do everything, but they all usually understand when not to do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that deal where you can break the rules of music theory once you understand all of music theory. Yeah, you know, that's very true. You have true. to understand everything before you can break the rules of doing it. Yep. So, because well, that was another thing I realized was like, well, this is music theory, and I learned it, but how come this guy's breaking the rules here? And it's just like, because well, sometimes you can. It's like, you can, and it's yeah. like, why? And it's yeah. like, well, you have to learn all this other stuff to figure well, it out. And it's like, you know, that's why they call it theory, yeah, and not like it. music law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, if, the beauty of music is nobody's right or wrong. No, like anybody can do anything. Yeah, I mean call the, it art. The joke know? always was like, if you play a wrong note, just do it three times. Yeah, and call yeah, it jazz. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. Like, yep, <laughs> we'll go for that, I guess. But it's like you said, jazz drummers are like absolutely mind blowing to watch. I went and saw Victor Wooten play uh, bass. Yeah, and, and you know Victor Wooten, obviously. Yep. Um, and I feel I feel like just a total bump for not knowing who the drummer was. Uh, I'd have to really think about it. But uh, the guy I played drums for him was so amazing. I sat there and most of the time watching him. Uh, and I was like, why did I buy tickets to go see Victor right? Wooten and not watch him most of the time? And the cool part is, is like, they'll make something that's really hard sound very easily, very easy, and you won't really know it unless you're paying attention to it. Yeah. Like ghost notes in places. Mm-hmm. Ghost notes are like, you know, the, the heartbeat of the, the song is like a snare hit on two and four. Mm-hmm. And you hear that very prominently, mm-hmm. but in between that two and four, they're hitting that snare like eight more times and you can't yep. even really tell unless you're really paying attention to it. But that's that's jazz, you know, yeah. that's part of it. And that's a very simplified version of it. You know, that's just an example. But like, that's the beauty of it is like taking something simple and being like, okay, wait a minute. That's not really that easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, and some of those just like probably super simple drum things always make me just giddy to watch people do them like like ghost notes or like uh oh he's keeping time with one of the symbols or the yep. hi-hat and not you have four limbs doing four completely different yeah. things yeah uh like hi-hat rolls always kind of get me yep. too just there's always just like weird things that drummers do right? when i hear them i'm just like yeah <laughs> from the back and i don't i don't know why yeah um it's, it's uh it's incredible it really yeah is. i still remember like the first time I heard somebody playing the drums incorporate like a triplet to what mm-hmm. was going on. And I was just like mind blown because the whole time you ever hear beginner drummers, it's one, two, three, four, yep, you know. Yep. And and that's pretty much all I can do for the most part, unfortunately. And it still happens even if it's a triplet over like an eighth note beat. Yeah. So like you throw a triplet in there and you're just like, oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it makes you smile. <laughs> yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. Like, those are the things where it's like you're not really getting ridiculously complex <laughs> right, here. Right. Um, yep. To the layman that does not know what triplets and sure. eighth notes are, it sounds like Italian to you. Yeah. But, right. Right. But it's really not that hard. You would know what it is if you heard it. Exactly. Yep. Uh, even just like a two to three, like what some people call polyrhythm beat. Yeah. Like, and, yep. and it's just like, well, this that sounds so weird. But it's like, no, this is actually a really common yeah. beat, though. Cause, and that kind of falls back into like, me finally actually learning the right way to play bass. It's yeah. like there were so many things I figured out how to do in the 10 years, but I didn't know what it was. It's like, uh-huh. ah, okay. So yeah. that's what that is, you know? Yeah. Or I could see you like over the over complexity of it all trying to make, get too fancy with it. Cause you yep. know, all these ridiculous rhythms, you yep. be slapping on top of this thing and it's like, well, yep. That's not, <laughs> that's not what's supposed to be going on here. Yeah. That'd be such a hard thing to do to figure out. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I have played bass, but I'm just primarily a guitarist. I play in two bands. It's not, like, that mind-blowing. Sure. One's a metal, one's a punk. So sure. it's kind of weird, but at the same rate, like, I couldn't imagine being like, you're playing bass in this band, and it's like, are you, are you serious? Right, like, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like there would be a giant disconnect in my brain somewhere between the two, but at the same rate, like, you, it's probably just, like, a different gear in a car. Sure. You know? like, well, and the cool part about that is, is like, if it's two completely different things... Or, A, if it puts you out of your comfort zone, sometimes that's that's good, too. Yeah. It, it puts you on your toes. You can't just do what you normally do. you got a fight-or-flight sort of mentality. Yeah. But they feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. So, like, I am switching between playing guitar in a rock band and playing bass in J. Clyde, which is kind of old-school rock, a little bit of country here and there. Yep. It's like... I know how to uh, blend the two. You know, I can take elements of one and put it with the other, take elements of that one and put it back in that one. Yeah. On two completely different instruments. And it just keeps things, keeps my brain moving. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the most important part. That's kind of the fun thing, though. Like you said, it, uh, going outside of your comfort zone kind of pushes the envelope mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. Jam I, nights are a perfect example of that. Yes. Oh, man, it's crazy to sit there and be like, I. everybody here's played this song, but nobody's ever played it together exactly. ever once. Yep. And uh, everybody has a slightly different interpretation of how it goes down. And sometimes you end up with a monster of a banger. And sometimes you end up with a train wreck. What happened to me at Patty's one night, I was up playing in the house band. uh, Brooke Hoover was there from Surf Zombies. Oh, cool, 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 cool. And he just walks in in with his sunglasses on. He's got his own guitar, not in a case, just walks up. He looks over at me. He goes, all right, man, we're just going to play blues and E. I go, what are the chord changes? He goes, no chord changes. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome awesome like, yeah like, well sometimes it is awesome to you just... have to figure out how to jam on a song in one chord the whole song and then not make it boring as all get out yeah you know? exactly i don't know it was just a really interesting experience but that was one of those oh now i'm really out of my comfort zone but yeah it was really cool and sometimes they'll lend you that at like uh going to a jam night where it's like just play this and it is kind of repetitive and boring but then it's just like once you get bored it's like i'm gonna add a little bit of this sure. sauce yep. in here exactly. a little bit over there and yep test test the waters here to see what sounds good Emma Lagasse, bam on it right? yeah, bam <laughs> put your stamp on everything yep <laughs> i mean it can and you know that can backfire but at the same rate it's like a nice testing ground and it's always fun to see different people playing with different people yep. that they don't always play with and there again that's another great thing to have is because you can learn things from other people yeah you've never played with them before i mean it's like or teach them something that you've done forever that they're like oh okay like, yeah it's it's great i wish there was more of it still yeah but, one that was like always one of the best parts of jam nights is uh when in between a song if somebody doesn't know the song they spend like 10 seconds <laughs> explaining it to somebody yep. else and it's and they just go yeah and and it's a safe environment for for screwing up too you exactly know? it's it's 
it's it's a learning environment also yeah. like you you have to and if you don't keep up it's not a big deal you know it's not the biggest deal in the world yeah i mean i was blessed to have like the first jam night i went to was like clint Riedel was hosting it and clint's like one of the nicest guys ever absolutely so it you know he's just like don't be embarrassed you know nothing yep. and it's it's it was it was a great time and uh Jeremy Over was there and kind of helped force me into playing some guitar and yep. it was, and then he you know invites me to play some guitar at one of the jam nights at Patty's here in town uh unfortunately Patty's is closed yep. but but yeah I mean that those are some great times to go see and you were you know speaking of super groups it was like going to watch a mini super group every oh. every Three, three yeah. or four songs that yep. would switch up, and it's just mind blowing to think about that kind of stuff. And that it was like, cool because they would get into like having house bands. So the way it worked, if if no one's ever been there, is you get four or five musicians to be in the house band. They'd bring their gear, um, they'd play four or five songs, and then they would open it up for people to come up and jam using all those gear. Yep. And you know the house band was different every week or every it's third Thursday is when it was mm-hmm. and it was literally a who's who of local musicians yeah but playing in with people they never really played before yep and um like they'd even get people that wouldn't normally go play at a place like Patty's like Gabriel Alves played a jam night one time he's an insanely good piano player yeah man real good buddy of of mine and Jake's he Jake plays in the Gabriel Alves trio it's a jazz trio yep and he, I think he had a blast. But yeah. they had some horns playing that night. I mean, it was just, it was insanely cool. Yeah. It was really neat. Yeah, I mean, you'll even find people that play there that aren't in bands that you, people know who they are. Um, I mean, it's pretty wild to to see some people that come out there. It's like, man, why aren't you in a band? But, right, but, exactly. But, you know, because they're not in a band, they get to sit down and practice sure. all the time by themselves. Sure. It's super good. But, you know, people have people have their lives, you know. It's, yeah. it's one of those deals... A band takes dedication, yeah, and some people really don't realize does. some people don't realize that till they get into one, and then they realize, oh, I don't yeah. know if I have time for this. Yeah, I feel like I haven't had a weekend in like, uh, you know, two years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, but like, but it's the same thing. If I have more than three weekends in a row off, I'm like scratching my neck trying to figure out how to get out of the house and go yeah, play a show. Yeah, it's no like, kidding. I gotta go do something. I think you might have like tapped into something though, as far as just like generally speaking. I'm sure everybody knows it, but stepping outside of your comfort zone for growth is probably like a very, very big thing. Um, I learned that uh, in like theater stuff. Yeah, doing theater stuff in high school and in college and improv. I used to do improv a lot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like you have to be on the fly, and it's going to be really uncomfortable, but it's how you handle it. Yep, and make it the best of it. A lot of it's confidence. Yeah. It's not arrogance. It's not showiness. It's confidence in yourself on how to be able to deal with it yep. more than anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, something that's come up a lot lately, I've seen, I've been watching a lot of like motivational things and things like that lately. And, and some of them, like one of the main common themes is if you're going to fail, fail quickly yep. and then learn from it. Exactly. You know, because the faster you fail, the quicker you get to learn from it. Learning from mistakes is the best motivational tool ever yeah it's it's you know it's pretty much the thing that makes us human honestly right right. but but yeah i mean i just i guess like just to relate it back to myself from stepping outside of your comfort zone like i played in a punk band which is a lot of like we were talking about it's like mostly just power chords Mm -hmm. um i play a lot of like uh palm mute to not palm mute to accentuate what the drums are doing and stuff like that but it's really nothing too ludicrously technical sure sure. but a buddy of mine was like you want to be in this metal band i'm like i don't know if i got the chops for this and he just like sent me all the papers and was just like here's how to play it all yep and so i have fun (laughs) yeah and i sat down and learned it all you know it was one of those deals where like some of it i didn't want to learn and some of it's it's 
it was really difficult to figure out how to actually like go about playing it because it's like rhythms and string skipping and things yep. I've never actually yep. even tried to do before. But it's a lot of fast, you know, hybrid picking too. It's yeah, like, come on. Yeah, I don't. Ever, and it's just <laughs> stuff that I never really thought I, a I would ever be able to do. But like, I didn't like. I also didn't think anybody would have the confidence in me, let alone sure. you know my own self have the confidence in myself. But it's kind of fun to have somebody just be like, hey. Yeah, and that's the cool part. And I think that kind of happened when I joined Riddled too. It's like. I didn't think I was a good enough guitar player to play in a band anymore. Like I hadn't played in ten years. I didn't ever practice. It was like, but somebody was like, "Hey, you want to come play tomorrow night?" And it's like just someone else telling you that, like, you want to try this. Yeah, that was a little confidence boost. You know, it's yeah. like, all right, okay. Now I'm really uncomfortable. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so how about Riddle? You guys got some shows coming up, right? Let me. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to pull up the. I'll pull up Facebook. I'm sure your calendar is yeah. gonna be better than than we anything I have. We'll be playing October 25th in Newell, Iowa, at Screwy Louie's. October 26th at Shoreside and Manson. Nice. So I think they're both Halloween shows. Oh, cool. I know for sure the one in Manson, they're going to have a costume contest. So. Are you guys going to dress up? Yes. You guys going to do share, and for every single every single song, you're <laughs> going to change? share. You're just going to, well, it's like, we're going to play Rage Against the Machine. You all dress up as Rage. You Somebody puts on like a bald cap and pulls out a telly. <laughs> you know, are you just going to like do it that way? do, yeah, or like the stages of share, and then the next set, we'll do like the stages of Madonna. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stages of Prince. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> awesome. We, we've been we've been uh, messaging back and forth on some ideas, but oh, so nothing... you might actually dress up. Oh yeah, we we for sure will. Oh, we cool. did la- we did last year too, and actually, we have the last two years. So so you're probably gonna do it at both of the places. You think? Yeah, I think so. That's I, cool. I would imagine we will, um, but and they might be different both nights. So on Facebook, all I see is the Shoreside gigs. So yeah, I don't know. On my calendar, we have Screwy Louis. I don't know if if Nick's put anything out yet on that one, but. Um, so on the 25th, get to Screwy Louis, and if you can't yep. make it, on the 26th, get to Shoreside uh, in Manson. Sure. That's that's gonna be a great time. And then I think we've got one in November at the Poor House in Humboldt, November 16th. Nice. And then it's kind of open for the near future after that. But I would imagine there will be some booking going on because Nick is excellent at doing that, and we can cool part is we can stay as busy as we want to so so if you want to check out riddled with class online uh facebook riddled with class that's yeah i facebook think it's rwc at, riddled with yeah class. it's uh at riddled with class but if you yep. do, yeah, if you search for riddled with class it's rwc riddled with yep. class um which i mean that was like something that was like a miniature Humboldt joke for a short period right? of time and it turned into like a band and it's a thing sure you know and nick, nick always jokes about you know, it's like the worst band name ever. I was like, I kind of like it, man. It's, uh, it's yeah, clever. It is. <laughs> I, I don't mind it so much, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, I dig it. So. Could be worse, you know. Oh, it could definitely <laughs> be worse. I mean, you could be in a band uh, called Three Finger Betty. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, we're actually a really good band. If nobody's, if you, okay, I'm going to be honest. I crap on Three Finger Betty a lot on the podcast, but that's only because I'm in it. Sure, it, sure. You can do that. We're actually a pretty damn good band. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> it's, it's worth it to go see. Hell, even Levi came and watched this play yeah. uh, when he was in Des Moines one night, and he's just like, I saw you guys were playing, so I Sweet. drove across town. I, You know, that's the kind of thing I, I realized uh, once I started this podcast, there's a ridiculously large amount of camaraderie in the music scene. Yep. Um, there are pockets of, of dissonance here and there, sure. but everybody is really supportive of each and, other. Yeah. And I think part of it is cause you know, there's not as many places to play as there were 
30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Not even close. And everybody just supports everybody and they want them to do well, even if they're playing the exact same thing as them. It's like, mm-hmm. I, it's funny because, like, on weekends I have off, I'm usually going and watching another band play. Yeah. At a bar or something yep. like that. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. And we're all really good friends with just about all of them, you know, the ones that we know. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a family. It really is. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible how many good musicians there are per capita for this part of the state of Iowa. Yeah, Northern you know? Iowa is packed. Yeah. And it's easily one of the most positive areas as far sure. as music. I, I almost, I don't think I've met anybody up here that doesn't, like, that verbally will say they don't like somebody else. Right, right. Whereas if you go to any <laughs> other area, you yeah, can find people. Like turf that, wars. Yeah, you'll find yep. people that for some reason just don't like each other. And I don't know if that comes from, like, having a smaller pool of people to choose from sure. musically and then having... Obviously, in bands, it's hard to get along with people. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it is. Uh, we've all found some diamonds in the rough, and that's yep. why our our certain bands have lasted as long yep. as they have. But it's not easy to get along in a band setting with other people. Right. Because, I mean, you're sacrificing time away from your family <laughs> after work to go hang out with some dudes. For sure. To play music. Which, For sure. Which actually is a blessing, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it. it's good to have that. Because it, it keeps it alive. It keeps it going. Yeah. You know, even with not many places to play. Like for, it was actually really cool for uh, Labor Day weekend. Sean Minicus does kind of a little party. It's like a jam he has. He used to have it at his house, but this year we did it over at uh, River Hops. And it was it oh, was cool. kind of a private party sort of thing. But like sir, some people showed up that, you know, it was kind of just a gathering of musicians. And we all got up and just played different stuff with different people. And there was no set schedule of people there was no set set list of people it was just come and go and play and it was like incredible and everybody got along and i met and played with some people i'd never met before that's awesome it was really neat it was just like you know the jam the jam nights but it was like a for us sort of thing yeah dude (laughs) i totally miss jam nights I miss, I miss, I mean, I know there still are jam nights. Uh, Clint Riedel still does one yep. in, um, in Barnum, Barnum uh, at the junkyard. Yep. Um, I know Scott Dahl sets some up every now and then up uh, near Humboldt and yep. over towards Eagle Grove and Pokey and stuff. But And then I think Byron's in Pomeroy does a singer-songwriter night. Okay. I don't, off the top of my head, remember what night it is. I want to say maybe Tuesday. If I'm wrong, when this gets posted, somebody posts the right date underneath yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I, theirs might be every other week, once a month. I can't remember. I yeah, do know they have I, one. I do know they have one yep. as well. And yep. I mean, there's open mic nights in the Des Moines area and mm-hmm. stuff, but I've never been to any of them, and I'm not 100% sure what to make of them. Right. Like, I've I've seen one that was like open blues jam night or whatever, and I, I had talked to a friend about it, and he's like, I'm going to go check it out and bring my guitar and stuff. And he said he showed up. And the band just played the whole time. Oh, really? And it's so I don't know if it means like I don't know if like what our term up north of a jam night and their term sure. somewhere else might differ, but like you can have if, a good moderator though too, someone who's like, hey, all right, let's. Dude, that was the benefit of having Jeremy be <laughs> yeah. the moderator at the and Patty's I felt Pub. Bad because he like some of the nights he'd just be stuck up there playing the whole time. Yeah, like, <laughs> not that he couldn't. Right? No, one hundred percent. He absolutely can, but like. You know, some nights it's just like, if that happens every single time, it's like, hey, let's give Jeremy a break here. Like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But, you know, he knows, like, almost everybody around. He yeah. would call everybody up by name. Yep. I mean, 
there were times where I would show up to jam nights and they it's like, well, this thing gets over at 1230 or one or whatever. And I'd show up at like 1215 and just slink in the back and just sit as far back as yep. I could. Cause it's like, if they're going to, if they're on the last round of six songs, I'm not hopping in, yep. you know, or whatever. Yep. And he always made time for me, yep. you know? So, and it's cool. Cause it's like, yeah, hell yeah. I'll go up here in front of a bunch of people that have been drinking all night. They're, they're going to love yep. this. Yep. You know, that's a perfect time to play stranglehold yeah. everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, and I would bust that one out at shows. That's always one of my jam night songs. Yeah. It's just like, well, you really want to boil it down it's one riff and this is what it is sure, you know but it's a good riff it is it's a good one. Oh man jam nights are something fun that that could be something that uh we need to find a place and it's not like we need to find a place but there needs to be a place around fort dodge that does jam nights yeah again. i agree uh, or at least has a more open policy towards playing music sure um and it's it yeah there fly i heard you on the heard you on the <laughs> right on the mic <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like there are places to play original music here, but it's it's a slightly limited variety, and it's understandably so. Sure, you don't want somebody playing metal in a brewery. Yep, like it just doesn't yep. make sense yep. to the clientele you know, base. You know, space is limited. Like that's why Patty's was perfect, is because it had its own room. You know, its own yeah. room with its own stage, and it was that's what it was there for. You know, yep. there's not a lot of places that have that. That's very that's very true. It was a dedicated room. Yep, almost exactly only for music. I mean, it was open when you could go in there and go back there if somebody wasn't playing music but it usually they sure. they would like curtain it off yep. does that sound right yeah i mean you know if there was a party or something i'm sure they'd have some something back there but you know there wasn't like a bar back there uh-uh it's just you walk to the bar if you want a drink you go back and watch the band yep and that's honestly that's where i spent most of my time when i'd go to patty's sure. just sitting in the back yep. I, mean, I mean i don't drink so that's obviously deletes a little bit of my sure. clientele base yeah. there for him but but still like it's i don't know i just miss that place and i miss being able to like go out and and meet new people because believe it or not that was like a place where i got to meet most yeah. of the musicians yep. and and it was it was a hotbed for it what do you think like uh as far as getting into the music scene around here and meeting people like what do you think was like your avenue to go out and kind of like meet some of the people was it just like working here and you got to see all the people walking in or you know i haven't i haven't actually worked here that long i've this is my fourth year here all right so it, it's literally just going out and playing yeah it's going out and playing um you know we met jeremy ober when he was kind of jake actually played in brutal republic for a while when okay. they were doing more of the heavy stuff yep and uh you know, when we were doing Hour of Reckoning, we'd book shows together. So that's how we all really got to know Jeremy really well. Oh, cool. And, like, we'd do, you know, the Halloween ball, Monsters ball that yep. um, Gina used to put on. Yep, and, I remember that. Um, and they still do it. I think they're doing it again this yep. year. Yeah, I want to say uh, Mason at 92.1 sent, yep. sent me something about it. And, uh, like, any time, you know, when the ballroom was, it's still open. But, I mean, when it was, like, open, open, people would book shows there. Like, oh, yeah. We'd have, like lower not lower grade you know not as well known regional yeah. bands come in and play a show and you know we'd get on that ticket and yep. we'd play on the second floor of that place all the time yeah when we were doing the metal band thing but that's you know it's just going out and playing and meeting people going to their shows it's just yep. it's just it's basic networking but doing it a lot yeah you know that's kind of the deal and then you strike up conversations with people. Sometimes it's after a few drinks, so you actually <laughs> yeah get the courage to <laughs> yeah do it. yeah and and have have the ability to talk about nothing for twenty minutes. You know that's why I started a podcast because yeah, yeah. I, I don't drink and I <laughs> just scurry away yeah. with my tail between my yep, legs. Yeah, and I have to corner you people and be like, I'm putting a microphone in front of your face. One hundred percent. I'm asking you questions. Yep, and you're throwing the gauntlet down. You have to do it. But the microphone. You, but you know that's just for everybody else. That like, hey, maybe you don't have the opportunity to go to as many shows. Maybe sure. you don't know what's out there. And I'm just trying to introduce the people. Yep. 
yeah and just let everybody know that yeah what you're doing right now is a great way of getting people to meet people yeah you know, and it's just i've heard a lot of people say they've listened to a lot of podcasts with people they don't know yeah and they're like it sounds like a cool guy i'd yep. like to meet him or whatever you sure know? so and more than likely you know like you said we all get along pretty well in town here it's like more than likely if you're an outsider you will too it's yeah just, exactly there's a lot of people i know that aren't musicians that come to shows that i get along with really well you know mm -hmm. it's, it's it's just I don't know I'm I'm kind of a I'm a people person when I want to be <laughs> yeah sort of thing. Well, I feel the same way. So you know? I'm not I'm not antisocial, but right. I definitely feel that antisocial twin yeah, a lot. Absolutely, I, I like I like having my time to myself. Yep. Um, mostly because I'm we're out playing a lot. You yep. know, it's just you never get that time. But like, I don't have a problem with going out somewhere and just talking to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 human connection, I guess, really. Yeah, how let's get out of here, fly. Let me let me ask another thing. Like, how cool is it that when you go to a, like play a show and you show up and you're setting all your stuff up and you look out in the crowd and one of your buddies drove 20, 30, 40 miles just to come watch you that's, play? Like, that's and he's in another cool, band. Like, and that's the deal, especially with Riddled and J. Clyde. Is like, I'll be playing a J. Clyde show and Nick and Levi will just show up out of nowhere and it's like this is the greatest night ever. And yeah. Then, like same thing if I'm doing a Riddled show and we've had Corey actually our last one at Timbuk Brew. We were getting set up, and Ron shows up on a party bus at it from a wedding party. Oh, and I was dude. like, holy crap, there he is. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so super it's, cool. It's always awesome to see those dudes. They're like, you know, Jeremy, if he's not playing, will pop in sometimes. and like, uh -huh. Or if he's playing, like, when we first time we played, when we did the beer release at River Hops, uh, Lone Tree was playing down at Shiny Top later that night. Oh, cool. And they had, like, a couple-hour window where they didn't have to play. You know, we played early out at river hops and jeremy and like most of the band showed up i was like this is awesome like it's cool just to see those guys out mm -hmm. doing stuff and then we go reciprocate the same thing yep you no know, i love it when they come playing manson and at shoreside i'll just drop in and the best part of it is going to a show is knowing that you don't have to tear down at the end of the night yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is actually like especially if it's in your hometown yeah i went and saw uh Brutal Republic at in Clarion at Timbuk Brew, and that was one of the things where they were like tearing down. It's like I feel like if I help, I'm gonna get in the way too. Right. But like yeah. at the same rate, it was just kind of like ah, I'm just gonna yep. step back and enjoy this because I don't have to tear nothing yep. down. And or like you know you sneak off to the bathroom and just kind of like wave on your way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of that. Yep. The Irish goodbye. Yep. Exactly. And if we don't want to make any Irish people upset, we'll call it the French exit. Yep. It's yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> The bail. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much what it is. Just bail on yep. out of there. Dude, that is like one of the greatest things, though. Like, it's like heartwarming and just makes you feel like all around good about what you're yep. doing and what everybody else is doing yep. to it's, have that support great. group. It's And it's a little gratifying, too, because it just it's the connections you made kind of being justified. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. cool. All right. We've uh, we've eclipsed an hour. Is Sweet. There, is there anything else you want to uh, get into? I think we covered a little bit of both, where we can find both your bands, yeah, some dude, of your I'm, upcoming shows. Come say hey to Riemann Music, too. We're yeah. here all the time. Jake and I work here. My dad works here. Sweet. I mean, it's six days a week. Just come by and say hi. Don't I don't think I've ever met your dad. He's a good guy. I'll have, to, good guy. have to come say hi sometime. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say right now, I guess. We, right. we can do it again sometime. Yeah, de something else. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me on yeah, the podcast No problem, today. dude. That's another good episode. A really good episode. Uh, I had a great time sitting down with Greg. Uh, he dropped a lot of words of wisdom in there as far as stepping outside of your comfort zone and uh, helping, having it help you prepare for other things in the future. 
you know, I think that's something everybody could probably learn a little bit from in their life and apply it almost any way they want to, and it will come out in their favor. So uh, hats off to Greg, you know, dropping knowledge. He's played a lot of instruments, and he does a lot of things uh, musically and has for quite a while in his life. So that's really, really cool. Uh, I'm glad I got to sit down and talk with him. Like I said, this is the first time I ever sat down and talked with him with his oddly small or not not so small anymore as the music scene is in northern iowa it's kind of crazy that our paths have never really crossed too much until now but uh, i had a great time sitting down talking with him so uh thanks greg for joining me i also want to say thanks to couchtown coffee couchtown coffee brewed right here in iowa i'll tell you what go to www.couchtowncoffee.com click on the our coffee section find a coffee you like enter the code word base base and you will save 20% 20% on your order this week. Uh, it's only good for this week, so we're talking the 3rd through the 9th. Yeah, it'd be the 3rd through the 9th. It's, uh, that's going to be the only time your coffee order will be good this week uh, if you enter the code word BASE. And uh, I want to say thanks once again to Couchdown Coffee. Appreciate you guys sponsoring the podcast. I also want to say thanks to the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association. Go to www.fdfineartsassociation.org. I know that's kind of long and, and, and wieldy, but there's a link down below. Don't worry about it. Go to the, go to the website and check out what they have there. They're, uh, they're up in northern Iowa in the town of Fort Dodge. They're, they're helping out everybody around the area doing anything art-related. I really, really appreciate everything they're doing. They're going to try and, uh, and help us help each other i guess would be the best way to say it because i really appreciate what they're doing and they appreciate what i'm doing so i just wanted to tip the cap towards them i will probably start mentioning them a little bit here at the end of the episodes uh they do have uh i don't know a calendar there's like a calendar that has all of the things that's going on around the area uh that they've aggregated for the northern iowa area that is uh art music etc related so it's pretty neat if you want to go check out their website it's there and uh what they really do is they, they just support, support, promote, and connect all the visual, performing, and literary artists around the area. Whether or not they're just arts, organizations, businesses, any sort of capacity, they, are, they just want to get involved. So check out their website down below. Uh, I'm happy to have them as a partner for the, for the podcast here. And uh, check it out. Check out that calendar. You might find something that you didn't know was happening. That would be pretty awesome. So check it out. Uh, if Northern Iowa area, I highly recommend that. Highly recommend it. I want to say thanks once again to the guest. The guest this week was Greg Merritt. What a great guy. I had a great time sitting down with him. Go check him out. Check his bands out. There's links down below. Um, well, thanks once again to Couchtown Coffee and thanks to the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association. Check out all the links down below in the podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. We'll check you next week. Peace. Peace.